Hello, my friends. It's me, Eve Sturgis. You are here with me for the podcast called Everything's Relative. I record this podcast. Uh, if you've been around, you know that I record this podcast in all sorts of places that are not really soundproof. Usually in my basement office uh, at my house in Los Angeles. Lately, I've done a few episodes from my childhood bedroom in my hometown, Petaluma. What's up? Uh, I don't think I've ever recorded an episode from a car, but I wouldn't put it past me. Maybe I have. Feels like I probably have, right? Today, I'm recording from an airport. And actually, recently, I did do an airplane. So this isn't really all that wild. Never mind. Carry on. Nothing is interesting. Anyhow, I'm at gate B-19 in Terminal 1 at American Airlines. And I'm headed to Texas, my friends. Why? I'm so glad you asked. I am heading to a retreat for people who have experienced DNA discoveries hosted by an excellent organization called Hyreth Hope and Healing. I talk about them a lot because I love them for no other reason. Um, but have I ever told you how I found out about Hyreth Hope and Healing? It's kind of a cool story. It feels a little bit cosmic. So there are a few support groups on Facebook and I'm a member of a few of them or most of them. And way back in 2019, I think it was 2019, maybe the end of 2018, I saw a post about a retreat. And I thought, wow, that could be amazing. Nothing like that had, had come my way. And and also the, the post, like there wasn't very much detail. It was just like, there's going to be this retreat in New Jersey. And I just thought like, wow, that it might be really amazing to meet other people in real life who have had this experience. So anyway, I grabbed a screenshot on my phone, which is what I do when I like want to go back to think about something. So I did that. And then I went on with my life. And but But, you know, not even a few minutes later, I wanted to look at that post again. So I scrolled back and I couldn't find it. It was gone. And I thought I was like looking through the Facebook and I thought maybe I was in the wrong support group. So then I sat there and methodically went through each one of the support groups that I am a part of looking for that post. And I mean, thank goodness I took a screenshot because I just, I, I zoomed in on the, I finally went to my screenshot on my phone in my photos, zoomed in, and I just had to contact the names on the flyer, on the bottom of the flyer. They were like, if you're interested, contact these people. And it turns out it had only ever been posted for just like a few little minutes. And, and then before it had been taken down. So to me, it just feels cosmic because what if I hadn't taken a screenshot? I would have never found this organization. Uh, anyway, so that's my fun story. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I really have the words for how important the people at Higher Earth Hope and Healing are to my own healing journey. It's Yeah, it's just so important to know and experience the community that we have uh, out here of people with DNA discoveries. What do I mean by DNA discoveries? Well, that's what we do here at Everything's Relative Podcast. We are talking about all the wild surprises that are affecting lots and lots of people, especially but not limited to learning that at least one, but maybe both, parents are not related to them. People are finding out dads aren't their real dads. Sometimes it's moms. Birth certificates are wrong. Heritage doesn't make sense. It can be an existential crisis for everyone involved and a real crisis. It can be a totally family crisis. It can be all sorts of crises. Um, Anyway, even if it's not a crisis, things often just get turned upside down at the least. So that's what we do here. We talk about it. Today, I'm talking with Caroline, a gorgeous wisp of a woman who lives in Central California uh, or Central Northern California. She was so patient with me. Patient as a nun? <laughs> patient? What is it? What do we say things are patient? Patient as a lamb. Um, when you think of sweet and patient, what do you think of? That is how Caroline is. You help me with the metaphor. And perhaps... Like more importantly than her patience to the topic of this podcast, Caroline has an interesting and it's an important story. We talked uh, for less than an hour, but she covered like a, a real range of emotions and experiences. And I think so many, many of us go through when these things happen. She's so honest about her own feelings. She's able to see different perspectives. It's very inspiring. Anyway, I was listening back to our tape uh, for tonight and I was just touched by so much. I don't, I don't, 
I don't really know what part specifically I want you to listen to, but, or I mean, listen for. So just listen to all of it. <laughs> I'll play it all. I'll play it right now. Here we go. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. So, Caroline, first of all, two things I want to say. One is I'm so sorry that we... I forgot. This is what I did. I think you tell me (laughs) you may remember it better. We had a podcast session scheduled and I just completely flaked. Like I just blanked completely. And then we rescheduled and I blew it again. But your daughter was really sick and she was really sick. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she was really sick, which is a really fair excuse. But I still felt really bad and was like, I will not miss today. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I will be here with Caroline yes. by hook or by crook. <laughs> Thank, so thank you. you for your flexibility. It's yeah, uh, yeah life gets in the life gets in the way. And uh yeah, and it's always a sign that I'm way too busy when I start forgetting important appointments. That's yes, my... but barfing child is a hard one. So true. it's true. I forgive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Was that when she projectile vomited in my face? Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) There's a couple people I had to reschedule in like at eight in the morning, like the day was going and everything seemed totally fine. And then just what? Yes. If there's a good excuse, that is definitely Mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's nothing like the feeling of vomit running down your chest exactly from another child um so how are you you're in the middle of california yes and i'm coming up on a year since my npe discovery which was july 2022 yeah so you're still really in a really fresh time i was funny because i not funny but i uh looked at the quickly read over our notes from our from having the scheduled and and saw July 2022 and I was like oh my gosh we've got it's been four or five months since we were supposed to talk so you would have been even even more brand new but you're still not even in a year I mean you but are I in I think it's better that we're meeting now because mm-hmm. the universe and all things happen for a reason because you know how you go through those stages of grief Sure. And I'm kind of, I went from shock and denial, and now I think I'm in anger. Oh, okay. So I'm kind yeah. of annoyed and angry for a lot of different reasons I'm sure we'll talk about. But I'm glad we're meeting now because I was a mess. I think it's better that we're meeting now because I've wrapped my head more around it and learned to accept what I cannot change because I cannot change it. I have no control over this. And that was a hard lesson. That is maybe the biggest lesson or the most universal lesson of these experiences <laughs> is what we cannot control, powerlessness. Yes, and that's hard. It's really hard, especially for me and not being in control and literally not being able to do anything and all the people involved have passed on except uh. for the two half siblings I discovered which turned out to be a giant joke and let down and but just the acceptance of just okay we have to move on now yeah 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 I hate I hate how trite it sounds to say it is what it is but I know but but that's basically what it comes down to in the end right right and that the illusion of control that you don't have over mm-hmm. any of it. So hard. So, so so tell me what happened in July. Okay. So, well, it actually started in 2015, which oh. is ridiculous. So seven years I could have known and didn't know. 
So in 2015, my kids and my granddaughter did the whole ancestry DNA and my son-in-law. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do it too. And from what I knew, I was three quarters Italian. My dad was full-blooded Italian. My mom was half. And I thought, well, it might be boring, but we're looking for the elusive Native American princess that on my mom's side. There's so always I, one. <laughs> I was <laughs> into finding her because my mom told me there was one. And so I did it and everything was as expected and ancestry DNA at that time, it didn't give you regions. So I was like 99% Western European and it all fit. Western Europe, Italy, Okay, there was nothing else I could find. I didn't even think to click on DNA matches. I don't know why. It was just all about the ancestry. So I kind of let it go. And my kids were, none of us were surprised. And we just kind of all moved on. My kids found a little bit of Jewish on their father's side, which was exciting for them. And then in 2018, I went back on because I think I got an email that said, hey, we've changed our regions. And so now you can see some regions. More specific. So back, yeah, more specific. So I logged back in and I had Greece. And I was like, well, Greece is by Italy. And it's amazing <laughs> how you just are like. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, all right. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so the Romans were in Greece at one time. So it all fits again. And then I did look at the DNA matches and I saw some names I didn't recognize, but I figured they were on my mom's side because on my mom's side, half Italian, half Scottish and English. So it all fit again. And I was like, okay, so cool. This is probably on mom's side. So I reached out to the man and I said, hey, do you have these names on your side, which were like Clark and Jones and Scottish names? And he mm -hmm. said, no, but how are we related? Because I'm showing that we're second cousins. And he's like 80 something super oh, cool guy uh -huh. that did like all the work on that side. And he's like, I can't find it. Well, I can't find it. So I just let it go. I was working and didn't have time. And then in 2022, I retired because I'm I was 58 when I found when I found out I'm now 59. Mom, dad are all passed on. My brother's passed on, who's now my half brother. Um, and I reached out to him again and I said, like, who are you? Like, can we look at some more names? Because he was the only one that I could really see. But then I looked again and I had what would have been grandfather, uncle, or half sibling with wow. a name that I didn't recognize until the 80 year old gentleman said, do you have these names? Do you know any of this name? Which was Moran. And I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not worried about an M okay. <laughs> anonymity anymore. And I said, no, like, I don't know that name. And I kept looking at my match that said half sibling. And I was like, wait a minute. I do know that name because the sheriff where I grew up, that was his name. And he was a really good friend of my mom's. And I'm like, no way, like this is, and then the surrealness set in, right? So I reached out to him, no answer. It said had he, he hadn't been on in over a year. So kind of freaking out and I'm seeing these names I don't know. And then in, it was June of 2022, this other guy that just had a handle called Vegas something or other also showed up as a half sibling. Oh, but less sent to Morgan's, which I didn't know what that meant. So I reached out to him and he responded and I was like, hey, you're but he showed as a first cousin because we had less sent to Morgan's. And I said, are you by chance a son of the sheriff of Las Vegas, <laughs> who was a three term sheriff that my mom was friends with? And he said, yes. Why? And he was really defensive, like super defensive, like beyond what did my dad do? <laughs> Yeah, but no, because right. his the whole thing was my dad would never do anything. He never stepped mm. up my mom. They were married for 52 years. There's no way. Like, you're starting a bunch of SHIT. I don't oh. know who you are. But we kept talking and talking, and then it led to exchanging pictures. And he said, well, don't ever reach out to my brother. Even though he's an attorney and was a police officer, he doesn't believe it. His My dad would never do that. So anyway, long story short we decided yes we are 
have siblings. And then I don't like really want to digress, but it came down to my my mom worked at the Stardust Casino. His, let's see, his son's wife's dad owned the Stardust Casino. So there were all these things that were all together. So then we're like, cool. And then he wanted to do another test. And I said, we can do that, but I've heard that these are just as good. We did Jed match. We did everything. Mm-hmm. And then it was like major love bombing from this half brother. And oh. like right off the bat, like he's calling me sis and I love you. And he was emailing me every day. And I was like, okay, well, this is cool because this never happened. Right? Is he older brother or a younger older? Brother? So he's 66 and the brother that wanted nothing to do with it is 72. Okay. So, so they were older. so they were like children when you were conceived. Like Well, the older brother was 18 when I was conceived. Oh, good. I'm glad you could do the math. I'm clearly yeah, not doing the math. I did the math. do the math. Cuz at first I'm like, can that be my dad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, my mom. And originally, Eve, I thought that it was my father when I saw this weird thing because my dad was married 10 times. My Italian daddy. Um, and I'm like, it has to be him, right? But then I'm like, wait, it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work because she would have been pregnant. And how did she tell her husband? So anyway. Oh, my gosh. But then the love bombing stuff kept going on and on. And I'm trying to deal with it. And he's trying to be all nice. And I'm getting a Christmas card. And happy birthday from him and his girlfriend. And... Um, and is he still in Vegas? He's still in Vegas. The other one's still in Vegas and he's in political office and he was running for Lieutenant governor and they're not, they don't want anything to do with you. Please shut mm-hmm. your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I got to the point, I'm like, well, I think I should change my birth certificate because I want it to reflect who my real dad is. And I wasn't close to my birth certificate father because he left when I was seven and he didn't really keep up with us. He had way more wives. Yeah, to get, he had to way get more to wives. to get yes. to like he, he was had so, like because my mom was seven, and so so anyway, but it was just a tragedy which I won't go into because I had a horrible childhood with the mm. horrible stepfather oh. and it was just all bad and. So anyway, so I'm telling the guy, I said, hey, let's do LabCorp and I'm going to petition to Nevada and have my birth certificate changed. And he's like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. And I understand your perspective, but I hope you understand mine. And I kind of got pissed and I was like, no, I don't understand yours. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, Eve, at the beginning, he said this had to be our little secret. Because uh-huh. he didn't want anyone to know. He wouldn't add me on social media. He wouldn't acknowledge me. And like, I was okay with it at first because I so wanted the acceptance. But then when, and so I said, yeah, well, I don't understand where you're coming from. So how about you explain where you're coming from? Because you know you. Where I'm coming from. And then he just kind of got quiet. And I sent an email after that. Then he didn't say anything. And I said, well, now I feel really awkward and it feels weird. And he goes, oh, don't feel weird. But then he just poo-pooed it, brushed it off. He didn't want to talk about it. And I said, no, dude, like, I still want to know what your problem is with this. And no response, no response. So I sent an email and I would read it, but it's really long. And basically I just said, hey, you don't know what this feels like. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to acknowledge me publicly. Your brother's basically an a-hole. And I'm just not okay with this. Like, I said, I'm going to take some time away. And I don't want any communication. And I'll see how I feel, right? So I never heard from him again. Um, So I wrote a letter to the brother who was running for office wife, like they're all these big shots in Las Vegas, right? They're like way, way up there, million dollar houses, all this stuff. They have all these community projects and all this stuff, which makes me laugh because they have nonprofits, but they won't even help the girl that's like, Mm -hmm. can you give me medical information? Right. 
So I wrote her this long letter and said, hey, if I don't hear from you, I won't contact you again. But all I really would like is some medical information just to know because I don't know what that is. And I had breast cancer and it didn't run in my family. And I have granddaughters and daughter and no response. Mm. So then after I sent that letter, I noticed the love bombing brother has blocked me from facebook which i never even reached out to him on facebook nor will i so it's like okay got the message dude right got it so now eve where i'm at now which how we started is just the acceptance because i don't know like where all the love bombing came from and then it's like yeah no we're not gonna acknowledge you and i'm not gonna acknowledge you and now i'm gonna block you because i'm sure the other brother said yeah, the wacko in California sent a letter to my wife and we're not responding. So that's pretty much where I am, which is so much further when I first contacted you because I was a mess and heartbroken and rejected. And But at the end of the day, I guess it really doesn't matter because I didn't have a relationship with who I thought was my real dad. And he died of a heart attack. And I lost my mom. And I just think back to times like, you know, there's anger there because when I had breast cancer would have been a really nice time um, just to say, hey, I don't know if your dad is your dad. And then mm-hmm. through all this ancestry searching, I saw that she married my birth certificate father six weeks after my brother was born. My brother was six years older than me. And my birth certificate father was extremely cruel and abusive to my brother. And Mm. now I'm looking back going, well, did he not think that he was his? Things my mom said, like, you know, I said, why did you divorce my dad? And she always said he was impotent. And so I'm just like... Yeah, oh, dear. Like, oh dear oh dear <laughs> yeah so that's what she told me that my birth right. kid, it was impotent so you know she had to you know whatever go with who turned out to be a child molester mm. but, but eve it's just kind of like i feel by the these two sons it's like well if your dad was anything like you i'm okay not knowing you But everything I've researched, he was like the best, most loved man and very kind and all these things. And then just a little twist, my stepfather said, because I did call my stepfather who did molest me for years, he's still alive, and say, hey, did you know this? And I don't know if he did. He was kind of, oh, no, 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 your mom. And if your mom did that, you have to forgive her because she didn't mean to hurt you. And then he told me that he... So I, my real father would have still been alive. He was kind of a crook, my stepfather. So my mom put in a call to who is my biological father while he was sheriff and said, can you fix my now husband's work card so he can go back to work in the casinos because he had stolen and did bad things. And he did. And he said he visited my biological father and he was a very nice man. He brought him golf balls and he liked to golf. And that was the end of that story. So I just kind of have let it all go now. And just I am who I am. I have questions. I have questions. Okay. This is the woo-woo stuff. Okay. Tell me these things. My biological father was uh, got... He was a Marine. Mm-hmm. He was a well-decorated Marine during World War II. He went from being a private to a battlefield commission of captain. He basically was all that. He was at Guadalcanal. And he became a police officer in 1947 and stayed through being a sheriff through 1998. Wow. And I became a Marine and became a police officer. And I was a police officer while he was sheriff in a different town. I was a police officer in Jackson. And I thought that was kind of woo-woo that we both had that. My son I named, not knowing, my son's name is Thomas John. And my bio dad's name is John Thomas. My son also became a Marine. And it's just, I mean, you can look for stuff like people joke, you brush your teeth? Well, I brush my teeth, right? But I, (laughs) 
But I thought it was super cool that, especially being female, yeah, of all that's the what I'm thinking. Done. I've like became a marine, became a police officer. So there's some mirroring there. There and is an amazing mirroring, and like you don't, I you know the the audience can't see you right now, but you don't look like someone that I would have if you had said, "Could you guess what my career was? Could you <laughs> guess what I did in my youth?" Um, right. you seem you seem petite and you have a very feminine voice I don't know just all these things that um I never would have guessed that and people say that often and I look back and go why did I do those things you know because I I don't know if you're too young to remember police academy but I was the one that had that stop right now right yes. that girl <laughs> <laughs> I was a cop and I was a good cop. And I just think there is something to the nature versus nurture because my real, what I thought was my real dad, 100% Italian, mafia ties um, from Brooklyn, New York, only went through the eighth grade. I thought I was the first in my family to get a college degree, but it found out my bio dad had a college degree. He was set to go into the Olympics because he had such an arm for the javelin. And my whole life when I played sports, everybody's like, that arm, girl, you <laughs> have an arm. <laughs> and now so I just, it's like, well, that's cool because I got that arm from bio dad who he would have gone to the Olympics if World War II hadn't have broken out. And then me naming my son, the two names that were his just reversed and they are common names but i still think that's kind of a woo-woo moment i do think it's you know ma magical and sort of cosmic the whole the but back to the arm thing and the marines and the and the police department it's so funny that we consider all those connections to be we talk about them as cosmic right or magical but if it was nature, then it's totally biological, which is scientific, right. which is scientific, which is not cosmic exactly. woo -woo at all. Right. Because the arm is there for a reason right? because he had that arm. And then me growing up and wanting to serve my country and wanting to serve and protect my community, which were very strong in my bio dad, because I mean, 1947 to 1998 in law enforcement, that's strong, very strong. Um, and that we were police officers at the same time, because I joined in 1993 and he didn't retire until 1998. So I think that was there's really cool. something to be said about cellular. Yes, at a cellular level. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I just wish, of course, the wish, wish, wish I would have known because I would have loved to have met him. Mm -hmm. But the 52 or 54 year old marriage that he had to the same woman is I commend that. And I just have so many questions. I'll never get answered. Like, why? And I don't think there'll be more of me, but I do look to uh -huh. see if there are others out there. But that was my mom always talked about him and what a great man he was and how good of friends they were. And, you know, as a teenager, I didn't care. Like, I that just, is so interesting that she <laughs> do you think she knew? I don't know if she's saying my dad's impotent. The only thing that makes me think she might have known is her saying my dad was impotent, her marrying my dad uh, six weeks after my brother was born. And then, I mean, she had to know that. I mean, that's what always gets me and makes right. me laugh on your show. It's like, well, you know what you did. So that would have been April of 1963. And mm -hmm. when I now I look at pictures and it's like, it's so obvious I'm the one of these things is not like the other because right. I have like red in my hair. Yeah. My I didn't even mention how not Italian you which I never would ever say or think until this until the DNA discoveries came into my life. I no, never 
you know, I remember and, dyeing I mean, my hair black and like trying to look more Italian because the Italian cousins from New York would come. And I'm like, I am not like, why do I not look Italian? And, you know, my dad had hair on his back and was so hairy. And <laughs> one of the like sergeants, a real Italian guy. With, yeah, I worked with the sergeant Italian. He's like, how can you be Italian? Like my sisters have black arm hair a mile long. Like I just don't see it, girl. Uh -huh. I'm like, well, my dad was full blood Italian. Don't tell me I'm not yeah. Italian. But now I'm like, it all makes sense. But I do, I wish I knew if my mom did know. And of course the half siblings, like there's no way my dad knew. And he wouldn't have stepped out on my mom. And I'm like, obviously he did because I'm here. And just yeah. that denial I mean, angers me because he was like, well, yeah, obviously your mom was out stepping out, but my dad would never have done. And I'm like, well, he did. Right. Yeah. It's hard to imagine being for me. It's hard to imagine being an adult in your, in your, these half brothers position and having a, a woman like you contact them. Right. Um, and immediately go into a denial defense of the character of your parent. Like, um, right. I just can't like you didn't really like I know. I know you thought that. I know you I know you believe that that they, you know, had a faithful marriage for this long. However, I'm here with you on the phone telling you this information. Right. right? Like, oh, and just, don't even. And then e, the short relationship we had. He wouldn't give up anything. It was like he was so protective of his dad. I'm like, hey, can I have a picture of your dad? I would love to have a picture, you know, just so I have it. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. So then I said, can I call you sometime? I'd like to know what kind of man he was. E, literally, the whole time. Talked about his anal polyps. Talked about his upcoming... <laughs> um. What's the thing you have? Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. Talked about everything and then said he had to go. Never got to talk to him on the phone again and just would not give me information. Like almost like he was guarding, guarding it. So I found mm -hmm. out everything I know by researching on the Internet and going through old newspapers. Even that, even even though you get to get some of this historical information from from newspapers and the internet because of his role, that still doesn't give you any depth to who he really was. No, and they're it's like unwilling to share, which is weird. And like the picture, I don't know. It's like really like, and I would want to talk about him like I did want to know about the half sibling but obviously my main reason for contact is I wanted to know what kind of man my bio dad was right and I never got it and I said to him so many times wouldn't you want to know and it's so funny because you know I want to go back to the centimorgans him having left centimorgans than the other brother who has more than my granddaughter we match so close um, I said, well, maybe your uncle was your dad because I had a DNA angel and they brought that up and he literally lost. I mean, lost his mind. Lost. Right? Um, that's my dad. And I'm like, okay, it's okay for you to feel that way. And that there's no way that would be possible. And I'm like, actually, it is possible. But just that just added fuel to my fire. Yeah, unfortunately, he's one of those adults who doesn't understand how humans behave or <laughs> anything about human sexuality or right. history or time or men and women. Well, I know. And it's like I'm barely in the boomer generation. I'm actually could be in either. But it's like, OK, you know, OK, boomers, because you can't believe that your dad would do this and you still have that attitude that it's shameful and I'm shameful. And it's, I think it's their age. Eve. Yeah. I, mean, I think, not... I think you're right. And I think it's also silly or ironic or both that they're, that he feels so dedicated to defending, to defending like the honor of a man who ran Las Vegas. Right. Which is right. like not the moral capital of 
Yeah, like, right? Like, he's like, oh no. Oh, my God. Just saying track. that. It's like, yeah, because Las Vegas is so upstanding. Yeah, it's <laughs> such an upstanding place of, like, morality, chastity. I know. Honor. And I don't know. So, it, I do hear stories. I've heard them on yours, and I've heard them on others, on MP stories, where everything works out great. But it's few and far between. Mm-hmm. And- Mm-hmm. It, it really just has a really bad taste in my mouth. And, and two more things I have to share. My son, who was the last remaining Iannone, because my son has a different name. So he actually changed his name legally to carry on my birth certificate father's name. And it became an Iannone. And he is not happy at all about this because now he's carrying a man's name that isn't even his grandfather. And then my daughter had a total, and my grandson is an Iannone. Oh, no. no, Your son was being so honorable like that was a yeah, so he's not happy and my daughter oh. is just of the mind whatever it's a sperm donor mom because she's just like this ultimate feminist she's like who cares like there's adopted people all over the world he's just a donor just move on so two different responses from my kids but i get them both there's <laughs> arguments to both to both of them yeah. right elements elements of both that are true and also that fall short of understanding right. the full experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, but I'm sure it's true that however your childhood was and whoever your birth certificate father was will have a great impact on what kind of upheaval a DNA discovery would create. Right. Right. And you're not um, getting into details, but clearly there's trauma there. And so that would be a different kind of experience for you than perhaps it might be for your daughter to imagine <laughs> like, or, right. or, you know, other people that just don't understand. They're just not, um, it, it's just, there's just a, like a, a level, a level they haven't dived deep, dove in deep. Right. Because the, I know exactly what you're saying because the original was, you do the little girl Cinderella thing of it could have been different. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been molested and I wouldn't Ugh. have had a horrible childhood and I wouldn't have had all these terrible things. And, um, but even that's not real because even if at some point I did find out and him being married for 54 years, so then you have, you're thinking like a child, but you have to put on your adult hat and say, it wouldn't have been a fairy tale. You, he wouldn't have taken you away and said, "Hey, wife, here's my kid that I had." Right. You know, so yeah. that was the torture of the fairy tale thinking mm-hmm. of how everything could. But it wouldn't have been that, right? And, no, it wouldn't have been. Um, but it is. I think it is harder on someone that had a traumatic childhood than not but at the same time you hear the girls that say they were daddy's girl Mm -hmm. with their birth certificate father only to find out they're not blood related right and there's a devastation in that that's a that's probably you know a a a layer a layer of the onion that only they can understand right Uh, so at the end of the day i think we just have to accept it and there's going to be so much more with the commercial testing and just try to move on the best you can with the information you have and not play the what ifs because that's what kills you Mm -hmm. it's the what if this and what if that yeah yep the the, yeah the what ifs can really tie you up it's interesting though also from just from a from a therapist perspective or from a trauma perspective that you had um these rough and hard things happen to you as a child um just even including a divorce and a father that went on to marry three more women and like right. a, um a lot of sort of chaos and what we would call this like there sounds like there was dysfunction and trauma anyway but you found yourself in the marines and in, and as a police officer which is um such an interesting path to take of of sort of containment and structure right and, that future, I needed. and future right and a future <laughs> like right. in, so um 
there's definitely like a a warrior in you definitely and i think there was a point in my early teens where i could have definitely gone down a drug road a self-destructive path and a point of no return um maybe incarcerated that type of path but i chose and maybe it is bio dad's cells saying right. you are a warrior i was a warrior and also maybe going into things where i couldn't be hurt or to protect others mm -hmm. from being hurt absolutely that no one will hurt me again and not only that I'm not going to allow things to the best of my ability to happen to other mm -hmm. children that I went through, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was not a fun time. And even adding on the element of mom denying that I was being abused. Yeah. And at her age, when I kept bringing it up, saying, no, your husband cannot be around my children, whether you want to believe it or not, that he's molested me, her saying, her literally saying, he, what do you want me to do? Be alone? Yeah. Ouch. Right? So mm -hmm. just just that part of my mom that's hard to accept too. Yeah. A selfishness through it all. And I don't know. I just, I think she did know. And she just left it a secret because that's how she was. Mm -hmm. Sounds like sounds like some choices were made um that were the path of least resistance or the the easiest for her in, right. in whatever moment was happening right and i tried to look at her that she was like me and we all did the best we could with what we have at the time because none of us okay. can say that we're perfect or haven't made bad choices but it's been hard. I just want to talk to her one time. Yeah. <laughs> one time, you know, and she was pretty mean, Eve. I mean, my brother passed away of AIDS back. He got it in the 80s when it was mostly mm. homosexual. And I know that's why my birth certificate dad couldn't accept and, and you know, just savagely beat him many times. And my mom looking at me one time and saying, if one of my children had to die, I wish it would have been you. Oh, no. And I know. But looking back at that Eve going, was that because I was just a one night stand? Like, <laughs> like, why would you say that? You know? Oh, but, man. But could just, you, yeah. Could you unpack said, that for, could you unpack that for me, mom? Yeah, but things said in anger and mm -hmm. just now with the knowledge I have going, you know, why? Why me? Like, why would you say that? Um, but, you know, and I've forgiven her for that. She beat herself up for saying certain things and she was a tortured soul. But mm -hmm. but just that, like just the things you think about with your new information of, you know, is that why she said that? Was I just a product of a one night stand? So she preferred to have her other kid, you know? So it's like all these saved micro files of information, like all these memories that like, I can't believe I even remember that, but here it comes. Right. And it has a different meaning now, you know, especially the impotent part with the, with the birth certificate dad, it's like, so you maybe wanted another baby. So you got it any way you could, or. I would love to know. And I mean, all the, all these things. Yes. How can we know? And then later did she go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like all night was she like right, so right in front of Caroline. Like she's right. kind of figuring it out. Like, and then, right. you know, and then it was like, Okay, okay. But gonna, so like, not figuring it out. <laughs> so right. not like, even thinking of it. But now looking at pictures going, oh my God, like how could you not see that you do not look like your dad in any way, shape, or form? Like the picture thing, the physical resemblance stuff baffles me. Yeah, but you don't see it. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. you feel so even when you're letting the DNA surprise you your brain just goes somewhere else and you will not accept what's right in front of your face it's like that self-protection um 
that you you just can't like I just I thought of every single thing just like everyone else including ancestry's bogus they don't know what they're doing because you just can't see it in front of your face till it smacks you and gives you a bloody nose yeah till it's really there up in your nose yeah um I I sometimes the way that I understand denial especially within the DNA discovery or with within my own family you know world sometimes I remember I I really think about it as a, a defense mechanism yes that's what it is but why do we have defense mechanisms they're for survival right. and your your mind like someone's mind truly believes they might die yeah. if the information is what it's saying it is it's that strong right like our brain thinks like oh no <laughs> like our poor brain there's like all these really like underdeveloped elements of our brain that are like oh no if this doesn't if this information doesn't make sense i will die and so therefore yeah therefore i will not see this information i will not see this for what it is yeah even when it's like, staring you in the face and you just cannot deny it anymore and you mm -hmm. hear of people when they get the results like crumbling to the ground because mm -hmm. It is that primal piece of you that says, I am dying, but yeah. this is coming so, it's just such a, I don't wish it on anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't wish it on anyone. And I feel for, and I am helping through all of this, which I forgot to share. I don't think I can share the group because it's, um, because of confidentiality, but I am now because of my police officer background and my investigative background, helping a DNA angel group with finding people and going through there and investigating and finding obituaries and doing things so people can come to terms with their DNA discovery. That's really great. And doesn't surprise me as someone who you are looking to use your own experiences to help others, which yeah. that seems to be something really in your um, makeup. Right. Amazing to get to apply those now. To apply those and help others so they can have some sort of closure. Yeah. And I so feel for the ones that just cannot find, even know who mm -hmm. their biological father is. That just breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. The people that can't get any answers, it's got to be... Um, got to be a different kind of of frustrating right and hurt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not that I mean so many of us even though we have the answer at least we know who yeah and can get some type of closure but I can't even imagine not so I'm gonna do my best in this with this nonprofit to help other NPEs find closure and at least this is who it was mm -hmm. and this is where they lived and maybe something about them, a picture or something. That feel good to get to use those skills in yes. a, for, your for your brain to get to, yes. you're not letting those go, go to rest just yet. Right. right. And I have some mad skills. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's the best feeling because it's like being able to give back because you and I and other people in this know exactly what that feels like. And it mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel good. So that's my story. It's a good story. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good story, Caroline. Do you feel like you have, now looking back on it, almost a year, you're almost mm -hmm. to your one-year um, discovery date. Do you feel like there's anything that you wish you had known when you, when the information first started coming to you totally. or you had done differently 100 percent. just because your brain is in such a primal and um agitated state and trying to accept all the information and it's really hard to do but wait like sit with it marinate in it wait until you're in a good spot and decide from the thinking side of your brain and not the reacting side of your brain before you run out and start contacting people. I feel that 
I I think if I would have waited, I don't know if the results would have been the same, but I wouldn't have been in such a reactive state to just blindly reach out to this guy and go, hey, was that your dad? And then just have it go from there. I think you should really and definitely get in and see a counselor. Or I got this wonderful book called Who Even Am I Anymore? that had helped me so much because I could journal. So I would even, even if you don't buy that particular book, journal about it, sit with it, wait until you're in a good place before you, where, know where you're at before you start reaching out because the rejection, you don't really need if it's going to be rejection right on top or if it's a loving relationship, you want to have your full brain with you before you start engaging and be in a good place to do that because it's a very reactionary primal brain that's reaching out and not your thinking brain. When you get that type of information, I would have done more therapy and I would have done more journaling and sat in it a little more and decided what do I want for me going forward? Gosh, that was really excellent advice. <laughs> really excellent. You really weren't, you said that all. It was excellent and beautifully put. Thank very, you. Very, very clear. Yeah, I don't just I don't I don't disagree with any of it. And you don't want to do it like you really have to struggle to say just wait, work on you right now. Because you have time, unless it's someone like where the birth father is in really bad health and they're gonna pass away and you just have to do something. But but yeah, Eve, I just think it's important to take a step back and and absorb everything first. Yeah, that's really good advice. And of course, it's always hindsight. Hindsight, right? It's always easier for all of us. I think you know. Right. Oh well, this would have been good. That would have been but a good idea. Help someone from getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Like just think of it's okay to think about yourself right then. You don't have to worry about everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's good. That's a good point. And, and it's hard because it's sort of a, um, on the flip side, there's also all these other people that may be affected by it. So, yes. yeah, so think of them too. <laughs> think about you take care of yourself. But that's a really good point because like, if they were, if they had happened to still be alive, you don't want to go rushing in a 54 year old marriage and going, Hey, look at this. Like it is important to think of yourself, heal yourself, but think about what you're doing because that is another one where you could really hurt a lot of people. And I think I did hurt the two half siblings, even though I personally think they're jerks, right. but I hurt them because that was the memory of their father that is now tainted. Mm -hmm. That he was the man that was with this their mother for 54 years and loved their mother. And she was part of him and a, like a limb to him. And and I'm sure it is hurtful. And I kind of would want to not have done that if mm. I knew how strong that ran for them. Right, right. But then the main yeah. part of me wants to take a front page ad out and <laughs> but you know what I'm saying I it, do know what you're saying it's, it's been very hurtful to them because it has changed their memory of their father right that's very kind and empathetic perspective yeah. that you have um, and I think most of us aren't out to hurt others right. if we can help it and it did hurt both of them I know it did just by how defensive they were mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so but mm -hmm. I am so thankful for you for having me and letting me tell my story because it is very therapeutic. Good. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. I'm so glad. It was. It's just lovely. And thank you, Eve, for all you do because you are one of the first ones I found just to listen to the podcast and know you're not alone. And really, I just have to plug your book because the Who Even Am I Anymore it's just so very helpful, especially in the beginning, because oh, so glad. people don't get it. Even though they love you and they want to understand, they don't get it. So you need those resources. Yeah, the resources are so important. I'm so glad you found it. Yes. Thank and, you. Thank and, you. Thank and you. I mean, and I mean this, too. I'm so glad you found me. 
but me too for the just that it's been helpful that's that's yes. lovely to know that's yeah. what keeps me going and like when i'm in a conversation like this it's so fulfilling that of course I would never stop the podcast. I'll never <laughs> stop doing it. If you know, it's a, but I'm sure it takes its toll too. You know? Yeah, but not so, in these moments. These are not the moments yeah. that are taking the toll. It's absolutely Excellent. logistical, technol, you know, technology, logistics, resources that are that wear me down. But this is why I keep doing it. Right, and it's so helpful, and for everyone just to have resources out there because before your book, there wasn't anything. Very, there yeah. were the podcasts, but you couldn't really work through all these really intense feelings and just write about it and and look back at it and then write some more just to help heal that piece of you that was kind of torn out through through everything and mostly your identity. Yeah, it can be so frustrating to not know where to begin mm -hmm. with with this with this thing that we're calling a process. Right. If there's, you know, even just by definition, a process has a beginning, a middle, an end, or steps that you take, like, a, you know, first you do that. So without anything, um, I feel like I, for, for one, am just left flailing everywhere. Exactly. With everyone. And, but, and yet everyone using, we're all flailing. We're, we're all, we're all flailing and we're all going, we got to work through it. We're going to work through it. I'm working through it, but but the books and the podcasts are you're flailing in that ocean and somebody throws you that lifesaver that you can at least grab onto, but you're still floating, but you have something to hold on to while you're processing. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Thank you. God, that's been that for you. Yes. Thank you. And Excellent. I really, the podcast, especially in the beginning, just to know you're not alone out there. Because you really think you're the only one. It does feel that way. <laughs> so the reality sets in like, oh, my gosh. And this is getting more and more common every mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. So don't be alone out there. Yeah. Yep. Listen to Caroline. Don't be alone. <laughs> you are not alone. You're not alone. Such a powerful healing thought. Yes. Thank you, Eve. Yeah, absolutely. This was so great. I will be in touch with you um, as I get it put together. I wish this podcast could pay for the licensing rights to play Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond right now. Just think that would be so fun to close out this episode with that. Thank you so much to Caroline for her patience with me and scheduling. And more importantly, thank you, Caroline, for showing, sharing your story and, and like doing your part to help others. I'm really impressed by the way you walk the talk and the way you're figuring it out and the way you're willing to share all of that with me. Of course, I would be remiss not to reference Caroline's kind mention of the process journal called Who Even Am I Anymore? If you're interested in that, head over to my website, everythingsrelativepodcast.com. It's where you'll find all kinds of links and resources for people going through DNA surprises. I've also got some really cool t-shirts. Check it out. Uh, if you want to be a part of things a little more around here. You can find me on social media. Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Everything's Relative Podcast. And you know, do all the things. Review the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Share it with your friends. If you've been listening for a little while, you may have heard me suggest um, or threaten a little bit lately that this will be the last season of the podcast. And no decisions have been made yet. No decisions. But still here for a little longer because we're getting really close to the 100th episode. So it seems like I should hang in there till we get there, right? Doesn't that make sense? Uh, which is all to say another episode will drop next week. Until then, I hope things in your neck of the woods, wherever that is, I hope they're nice. A friend was talking today with me about drinking coffee out on a patio in the mornings. I hope you have a patio. If you have one, I hope you're able to enjoy it. Go on some like warm summer night walks and fireflies. I also really love fireflies. I hope wherever you are, you can see fireflies. I'm Eve Sturgis. This is Everything's Relative Podcast. Bye-bye. 
Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan and edited by Joy Rumel. Logo designed by Ivy McNally and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions. Where it began I can't begin to know when But then I know it's growing strong Was in the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out, touching me, (laughs) touching you, sweet, whoa, (laughs) sweet, oh boy, sweet, right, come on, we're going to find it, sweet Caroline, dun, 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 good times never seem so good. I've been inclined. Dun, dun.